welcome back, everyone. Welcome to a late night, late, late night edition, because we had overtime tonight of the Two Guys, One Cup podcast coming to you from two different days, as we have been doing often lately. Soon it will be Wednesday, the 18th for both of us. Ian, how is it in the the past? Have we lost yet there? Have we lost? Oh, God, I, I learned of this loss. In the worst way possible. I know we spoiled it for you in the group chat. Mm-hmm. Um, with you going, I was back so to confused. I was so confused. I was I was struggling because my computer had died out in the living room, so I went back to the office to hook it up, and I was like, "Well, I guess I'll just watch it here." Mm-hmm. And on the computer, it uh, was very delayed. There's a lot of issues going on with this uh, computer, so I put it on my phone and I watched my phone. But my phone's a little delayed, just a little bit, maybe like a second or two. Mm-hmm. But I, but I that's or so I thought. Um, it turns out it's <laughs> delayed more than that. And I went to Twitter to, to tweet something out. And the first thing I fucking saw was Lou Korak, like all lowercase, boring, bland tweet, Manson wins it. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to kill somebody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was like the worst delivery of a loss ever. <sighs> That's so I'm doing, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a hard one to recap because like, for most of this game, I was just kind of in that like, oh, they're a better team than us. I guess this, I guess we just lose this playoff series. And that's the end of it sort of mood, you know. But then by the end of it, they'd gotten back in it enough that I was like, oh, maybe we'll steal this first one. And then that'll lead us to, you know, getting us a little momentum and we'll find a way to steal one of the next two. And then it's a real series. And then they lost it and just showed no life whatsoever in overtime. And I was like, oh, so it was the first thing <laughs> <laughs> yep, 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 yep. And now I'm at a loss. I honestly, I, I don't want to be the pessimist, but I don't feel like it gets better from here, to be honest with you. I mean, it's kind of like the gives and takes, right? Like if they play this game 900 more times, like the Avs win 899 <laughs> of them. <laughs> yeah. Like Dr. Strange went and he saw all those different realities <laughs> and, and all of them, the blues. They were all bad. <laughs> yeah, the thanks. Um, he put out the one finger and then he was like, actually, nah, nah, nah you know what? <laughs> you know what? Nah, Not for you. It's a big fan zero. Yeah. <laughs> no, the blues no, win in this reality because an asteroid hits planet Earth before the game ends. <laughs> That's so, right. I mean, and give the puck take, happens to trickle into the avalanche. <laughs> <laughs> for a millisecond, they have won the game. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just, yeah, I think I started thinking, well, the abs are just the better team. What are you going to do in the first period? And then as the game went on, Bennington looked the way he did. He looked like 2019 Bennington. And I was like, oh, God, now you got to win. Now you got to try and win. You can't like, you can't just give up now. It just fold. And, yeah, exactly. And I don't know if that was just me focusing on the blues from that point out, but it was like, it, it they, they just did not make it easy for themselves. Like, mm-hmm. um, this is the quintessential, and I'm sure they'll say it in the locker room because it's true for once, uh, where the Blues played the Avs game, at least for the first half of this game, and they mm-hmm. didn't play their game. They got to get back to playing their game, which is still a transition game and a fun game. We watch them play against the Wild, but it's not um, speed Plus skating. the other team had the puck and skate <laughs> yeah. down the ice all the time. Yeah, it's not that. I just I watched someone say the Blues got to fix the uh, – Got to fix so they defend the abs 
um, neutral zone transition. I was like, what neutral zone transition? To transition <laughs> never to been the, neutral in the neutral zone. zone. Yeah, <laughs> you got to start on the other end of the ice. You don't even get yeah. to the other end of the ice. Yeah, I mean, that second period, I guess I, let's dive into it and do it the do it yeah. the proper way. I talk about it as we go through it. But uh, that first period was, you know, it was, I'll say it, it was an avalanche of pressure early on. Hey, there you go. Someone had um, to say it. And then what you hoped might be a backbreaker, a real, a real statement goal from Ryan O'Reilly, sixth of the playoffs. What a what a what a playoffs he's had. Mm. Um, Braden Shen gets the assist, which was his only highlight from this game. <laughs> uh, well, no, he did he did really beat the hell out of that camera. We'll talk about mm. that later. But uh, Letty had a brilliant keep in right at the pointy pointy point, very tippy tippy top of the blue line, and. Uh, I think it's criminal. He doesn't get an assist on that unless they've retroactively added one, but he flipped it in. It went high. McCarr attempted to glove it, drop it and chip it out. And it got blocked and fell in front of the net. O'Reilly was Johnny on the spot, had an incredibly quick, tight front hand, backhand and roofed it up over Kemper. Um, it was an incredible goal. His kind of signature backhand stick curve to the rescue. Um, you made the note this was the first game of the postseason where Colorado hadn't scored first. What about all the games they weren't in, Ian? Did you think <laughs> about those games? Um, and uh, O'Reilly has scored a goal in five straight games, uh, which tied a franchise record for playoff games with Joe Mullins and Phil Roberto. Ian, I read Roberto and thought it said Robert Bortuzzo, and I was about to lose <laughs> my mind. Playoff, uh, perennial playoff performer, Robert Bortuzzo. That's right. Um, the Blues took a lot more pressure for the rest of the period. Several posts were hit by the Avalanche, as you called it, a, a God-level post in the first period. <laughs> um, it was really bailing us out repeatedly. I mean, that's always kind of a catch-22, right? Because it's like, on the one hand, yes, the post saves you. On the other hand, um, the goaltender has put himself in a position where the post can make the save, you know, like right. they don't have enough of a window to shoot at. So certainly don't think it was a bad sign on Bennington that the post paled him out a few times. Hopefully he gave it a little kiss or love or whatever weird goalies do. I saw Mark Andre Fleury basically like romance one of his posts in our <laughs> series. <laughs> um, you know, whatever you're into, I don't, I don't judge. If you want to be a postophiliac, be my guess, I guess. Um, but uh, the uh, Blues then benefited from from that and kind of made it to the second period. And you were left to question, well, will it continue? And the answer is no. No, of course it wouldn't. Because Val Nachushkin scored his third goal of the playoffs for Mika Rontanen and Kale McCarr, eight, uh, 314 an omen perhaps it wasn't an omen or it was and it was a bad omen one way or the other three one four into the second um it was a face-off that went behind the blues net ranton and took it and shot from a wide angle on the rebound and fell right to nachushkin who scored um bennington continued to look amazing made the you know, strange, but still sprawling glove save on Eric Johnson's sh shot. I tell you, and I've seen Eric Johnson take better shots on the blues net when he was a blue. Um, that's right. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Which is like, that's another one of those moments in this game where like, when you look back and think about it, it's like this game should have been like five to two before overtime. Oh yeah. 
it's like I said, any any of those other 899 times you play this game, uh, it's seven one, six one, yeah. five one. It's it's just out of hand already. Yeah. Um, at this point, a lot of people on Twitter were complaining about how much love the TNT broadcast was giving to the Avalanche. My only question is, what was their alternative exactly? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Talk about how good the Blues were playing. Like, my God, this team has really, really really allowed their goaltender to bail them out a lot. I mean, they, they put in a lot of work to make Jordan Bennington look this good. I don't know what they were <laughs> supposed to say. Um, Sam Gerard scored 11:32 into the period. Uh, it was, it seemed to be, a, a, you know, kind of the, the break in the dam is what I expected this goal to be. Uh, he took a fairly soft, low shot from the point, but Perunovic, yes, all three foot seven of Scott Perunovich was screening Bennington um, and it slid through Bennington's five hole. Uh, you know, I think you could call it a quote unquote soft goal, but if you want to point fingers at Jordan Bennington at this point, um, I don't think you can be helped from just like a mental perspective, mental health. Uh, the Blues hadn't even sniffed their zone pretty much the entire period. The Avs were on a different human level. Um, that's what they would call in MMA and I'm assuming boxing parlance, a 10, eight round. Um, that's when you get beaten so badly and that you actually have a point subtracted from you. I've never, I don't understand it, but in UFC, the default is that the person who wins the round gets 10 points and the loser gets nine points. And so like a typical unanimous three round decision would be 30 to 27, which I don't understand any of that. But you can get embarrassed so badly in a round <laughs> or lose a point in a round so that it's a 10-8. So if you lose like 30 oh. points, that means you really got your ass kicked. Um, <laughs> but in any case. And we should have lost this like three nothing. We should have subtracted <laughs> both of our goals. I was going to say, how are you feeling at this point? I mean, is it you, you were where I was, where it's like it's over? Um, uh at two one, I think I was still thinking we had we had one more weird goal in this. You only got one shot. Do not miss your chance to blow. Yeah. No, I'm not saying we keep them from scoring any more goals, but I thought we got <laughs> one more. We got one more goal on us. Probably like a late one when it's like four one already. You know, um, yeah. to give you a little bit of hope. But I, I was surprisingly optimistic that they at least score that, and we'd see what happened. But yeah, I'd say like eighty percent chance of a loss. But, I, but 20% chance of something that's not a loss, that's pretty good. That's pretty optimistic, I gotta say. Yeah, um, I I also have to say at this point, our our dear friend, not our dear friend. No. no, uh, no. Dom, Dom Blurred Vision uh, just was acting like a little twit on, on the Twitters today. Um, yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I seem, it seems to be people just don't like the blues, I guess. Cause Michael Russo was the same way, mm-hmm. but um, like, like he's Donald decisions is basically openly rooting for the avalanche today. And um, it's I really just, easy. I, I don't know. It's just very strange. I find it really easy. Um, for some of like the national pundit folks, I don't even know what you call the national pundit, like the national hockey Twitter sphere. So not your, not your, um, not your people on TSN or your people on like 
hockey night in Canada or ESPN, but like the people that are like right for the athletic or <laughs> sorry, sorry, JR. <laughs> yeah. Or or just people that have like, I've got a stats page. I feel like it's really easy for them to be like Dom, who's like, I'm a diehard Leafs fan, but the Leafs lose. And he's like, I'm on, I'm on the tail of anyone who's like good analytically. That's my team now because I'm the analytics guy. I still just be like, I'm rooting for the abs because they're so good and the abs will lose. And I'll be right to like, and you know who I've always wanted? I've always wanted Carolina. Carolina is like a beast mode. And it's just mm-hmm. super annoying because it's like the team that the analytic team is facing is like, well, that team's just not good on paper. And we've known that for a very long time. If you just go to my website and it's like, I'm not, I'm not shitting on analytics because we do course before we talk about like high danger, low danger, all that stuff. But like, yeah, sometimes the guys put out a model and they're just like, well, you know, well, this has always been explained by my model already. I'm like, I think the problem with it too is it's like you say the Blues have a 15% chance to win, and then you act like you're a victim when that riles up Blues fans. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, first of all, like I agree, we both said the Blues didn't have a much of a chance to win this series, right? So, I don't think, I don't think there are sane people i'm sure he had them you know it's an internet comment section so i'm sure he had some real trolls in there but like i think if you talk to the average blues fan every one of them's gonna say yeah real uphill battle and this one gonna be real brutal even if even if they're more optimistic than we are it's like this is gonna be our toughest test of the playoffs you know but mm-hmm. but then it's just that kind of like you have some people complain about your model and you get so defensive about it and it's like bro you're the same guy whose model said the blues had a 25% chance of being in the wild. So like your model's wrong sometimes. And, and also don't put stuff out on the sports internet sphere and expect it to be welcomed universally. Like, just don't be soft about it. And honestly, it was just acting really soft, you know, and he tweeted at one point, bro, how many posts can the abs hit in one period? And it's like, I know, I know that some, some, you know, new age journalists or whatever if journalists is the right word is are like cool and hip but that just feels like a very i'm an abs fan tweet and like you said you can like their style of hockey and everything but like you're supposed to still kind of have an air of impartiality of as a journalist and that is just not something that a lot of these new age guys have and i guess i guess that's fine but it's kind of dumb when it's all anti one team you know Um, right right i think it's just it's more just annoys me because they'll be very they'll be very quizzical and be like i just don't quite understand when like an analytic team that stinks wins or just like well the team that had very good analytics like obviously just played like trash and it wasn't the other team playing well at all they're just like you know the the abs for the wild like last round out the wild just uh, you know, outplayed themselves. They they played themselves. They were just they were just not very good. And the Blues were there to mop up. And it's like, dude, if you're just literally picking the winner just based upon the numbers every single time, like just calm down. Just calm yeah. down about it. Yeah, it's like don't just be bitter that the Leafs lost and then move on to being bitter about another team. Ew. Um, oh, the Blues were outshot 13 to nothing in overtime. That's cool. That's interesting. That's cool. Uh, anyway, moving into the third period, the Blues showed a little life early on in this period. Um, they started to get some momentum, especially later in the period. And then, oh, Ryan O'Reilly tripped somebody. Um, there was a missed holding call before this that I did not see, but I heard a lot of complaints about. Did you see it? 
I did not, but I, okay. I, I believe it to be true. Well, just assume that we all believe your pain. And I believe you. I, I was telling a friend, though, that tripping is like the, the vicious cycle of the NHL, because in some ways it's like the hardest penalty to avoid and also the hardest to ignore as a referee, because like a guy falls over a stick right in front of you. It's like, that's a trip, bro. Like, mm-hmm. like, I don't know what you want me to do. That's a trip. I cannot call that. I'm sitting right here, you know? Hmm. Um, so I do wonder know. about that sometimes when they talk about consistent refing and someone's mm-hmm. like, well, they never didn't call anything in the first and in the second. They're letting them play. Well, now they're going to call everything in the third. And it's like, yeah, dude, if it's too blatant ass trips. Right. And it's also like there weren't penalties in the first and the second. I don't remember a single moment in the first and the second where anybody was like, oh, what was that non-call? You know, like. I, it's true. I don't really not. see a lot of Avs fans sitting, like, standing up, throwing their arms and stuff like yeah. you see pretty often. Um, but in any case, the Blues penalty kill did a, a great job. And then uh, we got a penalty at the end of it. It was a hold on Devin Taves. Uh, we can talk about here in a minute. But uh, it the penalty was winding down and it looked like all hope was lost. And then. Jordan Cairo, fourth goal of the postseason to secure the Blues one point in this game. Um, just absolutely toe drag to toe drag of a tr- toe drag around two Avs defensemen. All, even lost the puck at one point and then found it again and shot it. Uh, he's so good. He's very good at mm-hmm. hockey. Um, but yeah, there were so uh, now that we're past that, did you have comments on the Cairo goal and how you felt? I should give you some space to. It's. Uh... It felt literally unbelievable. Um, <laughs> what was the goal? That was the last series, which feels like nine years ago when he like lost it and then grabbed it again and then shot it on Flurry or Talbot, whoever that uh-huh. was playing at that point. Yeah. Um, kind of remind me of that because he almost kind of lost the puck right at the end of the toe drag. Um, I mean, at this point, I was like, well, if they're allow if they're gonna allow that sort of goal in and Kemper hasn't seen that much much, much action, um, maybe he'll have the Yarrow Halak syndrome circa 2012 2013 where we would just be in the other end and then we opposing team would come right back down and shoot one puck on that for the first shot of the period and he'd let it in um so i did, i was like anything could happen maybe we do if we can win this um but it was it was i'll put so it was very fun it was yeah. the most fun i had all game <laughs> that's right Most just didn't have a lot of competition but um yeah, so here the penalties in this game. The pair, there was a missed hold at one point. I don't know what that was. Uh, then there was uh, the called trip we talked about on O'Reilly, which terrible timing. You'd love to see it not called, but you'd also love to see the not, guy not trip over a skate, over a stick. So, like, what are you going to do? Um, then they called the penalty on Devin Taves, which was holding on our, Ivan Barbashev. Apparently, Avs fans were pissed about that one, um, especially because the ref was in Taves' way, so there wasn't a lot of room for him to maneuver. Um, but Don Koharski, the rules expert guy that they have on TNT, made a, a good point, I think, about you're wrapped around the guy with your stick, uh, ref or not, that's been holding all year, and you've got to call it, especially, I think, given the situation, like you just just given the boys a penalty, I know you're not supposed to even it out, but like maybe if you don't call the trip, you don't call this and you just say, let them play on. But if you call the trip, you kind of got to give anything borderline the other direction. If there's actually a penalty there, you don't have to make up a penalty. I'm not saying that, but you can't, 
you can't give one team a marginal call and then not give the other team a marginal call, you know? Right. Um, and then the most controversy, which, Ian, I'm, I'm really interested to get your take on this because the shin penalty was called highest sticking at the end. Um, and there's a lot of argument that Burkowski, I think it was Burkowski. Let's see who it was. Um, Manson, I guess it was the eventual game winner. Manson interfered with him and, and forced him to kind of swing his stick around. Uh, and it hit somebody in the face. And a lot of people were mad about this. Ian, I got to tell you, I was not, there was not one angle of this play where I was like really upset that he got a penalty called on him for this. And I'd love you to correct me if you feel differently, but the way I see it, yes. Um, Manson messed with him, arguably an interference call. I don't think it really would be an interference call in most circumstances, but I arguably get it. But to me, Shin has like recovered from that and is trying to make a play on this pot on the puck and just kind of wildly one hand swings the puck. Uh, or the, his stick and on the, you know, on the rebound behind his neck, behind his back, it hit whoever it hit in the freaking right in the freaking dome. And granted they were bent over and at waist level and, you know, easier to hit in the dome, but um, it did hit him right in the face. And I guess my, my thing here is like, first of all, you know, I believe that in most circumstances, it's your responsibility to have control of your stick. I mean, I think that's the basic starting point for hockey calls and right. secondly you, you hit a guy right in the face and i just feel like i feel like if that had happened in a, re, in a regular season game we would not be acting like it's some huge controversial call maybe we'd be kind of chuckling about like oh it's a high stick but his face was low or whatever but like i don't think we'd be treating it like it was some kind of miscarriage of justice and as i always say like if if your only argument for not calling something is this is the playoffs, then call it. Cause if, if it's a penalty, it's a penalty, whether it's the playoffs or not, you know? So that's how I felt about it. How did you feel about it? I think I was more annoyed that, yeah, that it wasn't interference um, on mm -hmm. whoever was he hit in the face uh, because it was already kind of dragging Shen down, but I do agree that, yeah, I think I tweeted out, but it's like, it's not high sticking because the stick wasn't high. And it was more, more of like a joke. Cause I get, you're not, you just can't hit him in the face. At first, I honestly thought with the way that Shen was arguing it so much that I was really thinking that somehow it was going to be like this abs player like fell into Shen's stick. Like Shen's stick was going to be like waist level where, you know, it would normally be and he picked it up a little bit and then this guy's going to be like falling headfirst into the stick or something. But Shen was like irate. Um, but no, it was more just yeah, the wild swing. And I think that alone is like, well, dude, I get you can always kind of swing your stick around if everyone's upright and you're not going to be penalized for anything but also you could be because your wild stick swing could trip somebody and in that case that's a trip like that's just right. you know he didn't mean to do it well yeah well no one really means to trip anyone because they know it's a freaking penalty like it just but it yeah. happens so if that if you're going to call that then you got to call this high sticking because you get him in the face regardless of where his face is the only way this doesn't work is if it's like a literal follow-through on a play but it's not. Um, right. But again, and I, I think, think Koharski said it well when he said, like, you are penalized for careless and reckless use of the stick, whatever the circumstances. Right. Um, and I just, yeah, I just feel like, I don't know, we get so nervous, so specific about context sometimes. But to me, it was really reminiscent of like, 
Honestly, it was it reminded me of the, the his first ever game as a blue. I know we talk about this occasionally where he just kind of closed his hand on the puck and yeeted it down ice that yeah. one time. And it just it, it's one of those moments where Braden Shin just kind of lost his mind for 15 seconds, including screaming at the ref, which he's lucky he didn't get further penalized for that, and then smashing the camera in the in the penalty box. Um it just seems like he kind of lost control of his senses for 20 seconds there. And, you know, we've already talked about it too much because it didn't end up costing the blues anything really, but um, just not a play that I felt as worked up about as some people did, I guess. Moving into overtime, it's keep it short and sweet. The blues did not have a moment of life in this period. They got out shot 13 to nothing and Josh Manchin scored eight minutes in uh, seeing I shot from the point with about 17 people screening Jordan Bennington. Um, I thought it might've hit off Landis Cog's leg, but the last I checked, it's still credited to Manson. So maybe it did not. Um, but you know, I, I think as we've already alluded to the game, the final score flatters the blues quite frankly <laughs> um but this is the is, opposite of what happens all the time when it's like yeah four one and they go you know it's four it ended four one but it was two empty netters and it really doesn't reflect how the game was it was mm-hmm. very close i'm like this one was not close at yeah all. yeah um contextually uh you know just because of how it unfolded uh a bitter ending but not not a hard pill to swallow and we got outshot more than two to one, 54 to 25. We did keep them from scoring on three penalties and scored on our only power play. So I guess that's a positive. They had uh, 70% of the Corsi four throughout this game, 18 to five high danger chances, 4.4 to 1.48 expected goals. Um, and the only real tragedy of this game to me is you waste the Jordan Bennington performance, uh, mm. which is. Uh, Kind of, you know, we talked about a lot last series, but like that's sort of the ceiling moment to me of like, oh, so he's back and now he's our starter going into next season. And we can just put all that to bed. Like we bring back Huso if we can, that's great. I don't know what the price will be, but like we do not have to pay Villy Huso 3.5 million a season for fear of having to be stuck with Jordan Bennington, you know, like. Right. Maybe Bennington gets sour again and loses his crap again, but like go based on the evidence we've seen now, the dude's back and that's a real positive. I was like for him, the positive in this series too, is that if he looks bad in this series, I don't think there's going to be much of a team in front of him that's looking much better. Mm-hmm. So like if the team looked amazing and he's just crapping the bad you're like, Oh no, he's really losing it. But it's like the, worst scenario for him and but also the most likely is that or maybe not the most likely but like the worst scenario for him would be him being bad but then i just don't think there's a team of him that's going to be outplaying the abs right and left so i think he's won this back handedly the starting position that is and yeah like it's it'll be interesting they talked a lot about or maybe not a lot, but they mentioned a little bit on 32 thoughts about how like teams are be looking for, they're gonna be looking for goalies and be knocking on the blues door. And I think I think uh, one of the hosts was saying something about like, oh yeah, that they're gonna be talking about looking for Bennington, and they're like, oh no, they're gonna be looking for Huso because blues are gonna run with Bennington. I'm like, yeah, just you wanna sign Huso if you can, but he's UFA, right? Yeah, he's UFA and 
you don't want to be spending, you're already spending $6 million on your starter. You don't want to be spending like, well, we're spending like 3.5 on our backup or whatever, even like, even like just South of three, even. Um, Yeah. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting, but yeah. So point being, as long as Bennington plays like this, then I'm not, I'm not shaky about not having Huso if that's the case. Um, Yeah. But yeah, I think that's the biggest tragedy here is just like how well, Bennington played. He played amazing. Like he played his best game that I can remember since the playoff run, like period. Like he's had obviously mm. other good stretches, but like this was like his best game since game seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I mean, he was just all over the place. Yeah. There was posts. And like you said, that's, that's a goalie from the goalie's perspective, he's taking away everything but the posts. So, you know, credit to him a little bit of puck luck here and there too. But like, I mean, he just made some outstanding saves um, I think for the Blues, it's just if you if you're gonna get back in this series, you can't play can't play the the track meet the Avs want you to play. That's not to say that you got to be slow and chipping it in and be boring as hell, but like I think we have the bodies to wear them down a little bit more. Um, the problem is they're so freaking quick. I see people say, "Oh, you gotta you gotta you know." get in on the four check. Well, you can't really get in on the four check if you, if they're turning it up ice 24 seven, and that's kind of their thing. Their thing is transition game. The abs are like the prototype of what hockey is now or like at its Mm -hmm. best. And it's just right up the ice, right up the ice. Like they don't, they're not taking their time. It's just right back at you. Um, I think I think you got to wear them down physically, though, in terms of just like finishing your checks and things like that. And I think you, as a team, just have to like slow down and and not be as panicky. I guess I feel like there's a lot of panic plays, um, but a lot of lazy plays too, like just a lot of sloppy stuff where it was like the Avs are already very good. You don't have to give them even more opportunities to score. Um, you just need more people stepping up for the Blues too. Like I was just looking through these through these player charts and like. Shen, zero shots on goal. Thomas, zero shots on goal. Uh, Kairu had, uh, let's see, he had three. Um, but you have Pushnevich, zero shots on goal. Tarasenko, is that right, too? Tarasenko, zero shots on goal. Like, it's it was just a shit game. Like, I get that the abs had the puck, so what are, these guys aren't going to be able to shoot. But, like, you had it enough that you could have gotten the shot off each one of these guys, at least one, maybe two. Um it's just it's it's obviously not good enough. I just wonder if, like like the name implies, if it's like an avalanche, if you can't, if you couldn't stop them, then are you going to go into game two and be like, well, now the Blues have found their game and the avalanche got to watch out, or is it just going to be if you lose the same way? It's just I don't know that you can stop the bleeding at that point. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't yeah, get I to think- see a lot of last seasons last season series. But like we didn't have Peron, we didn't have Falk with the cadre hit. Like, did this remind you of it in any way? Like, I saw a lot of people saying like it was very similar um, to last season series. Yeah, against against the Avs. Like, I mean, I think it's similar in that they're a better team than us, and they <laughs> have a lot of strengths that we don't have. 
and we can't play their game the way they do. But I think we're a better team than we were then. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Bennington yeah, we have was Brendan a lot better now. than he was then. I know that some people today were like, well, Bennington was good last year. Like, not like that, though, bro. Like, I mean, maybe he was defensible last year and we were just really weren't giving him any support. But, like, he wasn't this good. He wasn't stealing games. Um, I think the thing here is the Blues – need more from their depth. I mean, we didn't have Vladimir Tarasenko last year uh, as a meaningful option. Robert Thomas wasn't this. Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo wasn't this. Jordan Cairo, um, you know, Brandon Saab was on the other team scoring. I think I read earlier three goals in that series. Um, Pavel Buchnevich was, you know, fresh off a of beating by Tom Wilson in New York on the trading block. Like those guys... Buchnevich, I you know, I love Pavel Buchnevich, but has yet to score in the playoffs and has not looked especially good. He's a major guy that has to step up. Um, and look, I don't I don't think we're gonna win this series. I never did, but like like everything you just said is very true about how you make this a series at all, rather than just getting swept pretty brutally like we did last year. And I think the way we do that is we go three lines, four lines deep. The, the Avs are sending guys over the board. We talk about this team as so good, and they are so, 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 so good, right? Because Kale McCarr and Nathan McKinnon are, are both probably top five players in the league, you know, or, or, <laughs> or close to it. I mean, Kale McCarr, he's got, a, he's got an argument for best player in the league right now. I mean, best player in these playoffs for sure, right? So, like mm-hmm. – that that's an argument. They're a very good team, but listen to this lineup. This lineup does have Rantanen and Landis Cog and McKinnon, Burkowski and those guys. They've also got Andrew Cogliano, Nick Albe Kubel, John for Tomper Comper, Darren Helm and Nico Sturm and Arturi Lekkanen, who's good, but not, you know, not elite. And like, those are, that's their bottom two lines cannot anywhere close to match up with our third line or fourth line and their second line is at best comparable to our second line i think with you know if you call their second line kadri burkowski and and lekkanen just kind of looking at the minutes like that i would take i would take either of our top two lines over that line too but those lines have to perform to make that comparison worthwhile you know and if they're not going to then then yeah, we're not going to win this series. You don't beat the Avalanche unless you're at their best, and they're not. A, and they're not at their best. And mm-hmm. tonight, I'm not sure they were at their best, but I know we weren't at ours. And so it's, you know, if if we're going to turn it around, I guess if there's any hope, I just read a stat that the the Avalanche are the um the Avalanche became the fifth team in NHL history to record a postseason opening win streak of at least five games in consecutive years. And they are the first since the North stars uh, in 1980 and 1981. Um, So if there's any comfort, you can think back to the fact that the Avalanche looked this level of dominant last year uh, through six games. And then the wheels completely fell off and they got reverse swept by the golden Knights. Now, do I think we're the golden Knights? No, I don't, but you know, they do have some kind of, they seem to have some kind of second round voodoo against them. And, and I think that's our best, best hope <laughs> at the moment. Um, the best hope is voodoo. Also, <laughs> well, not a great sign now that you say it that way. 
Um, also reading that Jordan Bennington's 51 saves tonight were the most by a Blues goalie in a playoff game since 2017, which was Jake Allen against Minnesota. Surprise, surprise. This is from Brandon Kiley. Um, before that, you had to go all the way back to Cujo's 57 saves in 1993 against Toronto. It's an all-time great performance by Benner. Benner was asked after the game if he's feeling tired. He said, I'm all right. That's why we're athletes, right? We prepare for this all season long and just compete in each game. He's obviously going to start next game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think I think we've sufficiently covered the Blues. They, everything is on them to prove that they've got something in this series. Um, and, you know, and we'll just, we kind of got to wait until whatever that'll be Thursday to figure that out. Um, you have anything left to say about them? And just don't, just don't suck. Yeah, I mean, the team's got to be better. I don't know. You, at, at the end of the day, there's not like a, a lot of deep analysis you can do, you know, like be better, don't be worse. <laughs> end of story. Um, you want to rapid fire through some of these NHL topics we haven't gotten to cover? Oh, yeah. Um, before it gets too late, it's already too late. Um, Peter Moore got shit canned from Vegas. See ya. Um, the Golden Knights who realize they have absolutely no remaining cap space have figured out probably that the only way that they can be the most aggressive bloodthirsty buyer this year is by being the team that wins the very trust sweepstakes. I mean, I think that's pretty transparent about the timing of the firing there. Um, I'm shocked that he wasn't fired sooner. I mean, I never thought he was going to be their coach next year, but, um, maybe they were going to stick around with him until they got Barry trots and, you know, are trying to make it happen. Um, but any thoughts on the Pete DeBoer era coming to an end? And he is he's a good coach. He gets teams to the cup and I mean, he then he then then they don't win, right? Like he got I mean he will New 100%. Jersey Devils to the Cup. He got yeah. the Sharks to the Cup. He was already he wasn't there when the when Vegas got to the cup, but like it's very good, but he also seems to be like I know lots of coaches probably are, but he seems to be kind of an asshole. Um, he feels very Philly to me. He feels I was like gonna Philly's going to hire him. Yeah, I was going to say, first of all, he's for sure a head coach next season. Oh, 100%. Like, no question. With all the vacancies this year, there's no question Pete DeBoer's coaching a, a, a live actual team um, this <laughs> next year. Um, and I, I think it's Philly all the way. It feels like Philly 100%. A mistake. Yeah. Oh, baby. It feels so Philly. Um, Craig Berube says uh, the forwards have got to work harder. They've got to get on pucks more and get to the offensive zone. I love when he's got like sad face, not even mm. sad face, but just like disappointed father face. <clears throat> he does have that vibe. Yeah. So uh, I just thought I'd read that quote. So moving on from Pete DeBoer, um, Ian, I'm worried that the Lightning are just going to do it again and make us all look like fools. Yeah, I, I like. I, I really I thought they didn't have any more energy in them, and then I can't believe that they came out and and just destroyed the Panthers. In game Did you one. see the Panthers though? They looked like ass. They look so bad. They've looked bad all some all postseason, which was my next topic I was going to talk about. But like, I. The, the Lightning did not look good in that Game 7 against Toronto. 
they until the third period when they just played masterful shutdown hockey but even there mm-hmm. they didn't look like if if toronto had tied toronto would have won like there's no way mm-hmm. it would have been like that series you remember that series the um capitals played the year after they won the cup against the hurricanes where mm-hmm. i think it did go to game seven overtime but they were just like yeah we're not no thanks it's your turn you know <laughs> like mm-hmm. it felt very reminiscent of that like it felt like they were almost saying you guys can take this we've had a good run and they just <laughs> didn't and and you know in the third they played masterful hockey but like didn't it feel that way to you or or do you feel differently about that no i mean i i agree like i really do think like that was a weird game where I was like, Toronto won, except that they lost. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, it's like, like if the Avs had lost this game where you'd be like, yeah, but not really though, you know, yeah, a fun, a fun fake W for the, which we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about Toronto after this, but like, I really thought Tampa was like, oh, they've got no energy. Florida is mm. going to be the fresher, younger, hungrier team. And then they just destroy him in today's game. And and maybe it's a little worse looking than it is because a lot of those goals were later. But still, like, God, they could just win another cup. And who would have the right to be surprised? They're so good. John, as Cooper, long as you have, as long as you have Vasilevsky, like. Oh, that dude and you have like, you, have, you can ice a team in front of him. Like we have seen some unreal goaltending performances in the last few days because Vasilevsky stole this game. And then can we talk for a minute about Jake freaking Ottinger? Oh yeah, that dude. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that was the craziest goaltending performance Ian, that I have watched in my entire life. I do not remember anything on that level. It, I, I, I can't stand the Dallas Stars, and I felt bad at the end of that game when the Flames <laughs> scored. I felt actually bad for that dude because he just, I mean, it was just incredible. He made, there was some sequence in overtime shortly before they did score the winning goal where he made like four saves that he had no right to make mm-hmm. any one of without the puck ever leaving the zone. It was this- just remarkable this performance seems so um like defiant like sometimes uh-huh. you see goalies That's like a great word for it yeah like just hold on you know you're like oh they're holding on by a thread but they're making all the saves but every time i watched jake Andrew make a save it was like he was like angry that he had to make more <laughs> saves and it was like the it was the best like vibe i've ever felt from a goalie and like forever i was like this dude's like freaking pissed that uh-huh. the dallas stars are just like he's like yeah man it's, this is this uh, like top 10 I performance the last 10 too. years and you're gonna fucking waste it good for you everyone i don't Gosh. know that was just my vibe because i was like you i don't know there was a couple times he caught the puck and he literally just like threw it to the corner like they went, blew the whistle <laughs> then he's like fuck that i was like damn dude this dude's angry um it was i loved it but you're right I, that's a great word for it um he's he's definitely obvious other than uh jason 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 robertson's there right yeah. um my favorite star easily it's it's unfortunate that after that game ended i was like oh yeah they're in our division so that'll be if that team can make a jersey that didn't bore me i might get a stars jersey because man that he won me over the shots in the first two periods alone the final shots were 67 to 28 which sounds (laughs) bad <laughs> but the shots in the first two periods, Ian, were 43 to 12. <laughs> oh 
17 to 8 in the first and 26 to 4 in the second. I have never seen 26 to 4. That's the worst period I've ever seen. And he only allowed two goals that period. Oh my God. Wait, 26 to 4. They had more shots in a period than the Blues did like this whole game, man. Yes, that's correct. They had two fewer shots in that period than the Stars had in that entire game. Lord. Um, so, yeah, I mean, shout out to Jake Ottinger. And in the Battle of Alberta, Ian, Ian I think I'm taking Edmonton. I don't really? think the Stars looked good or the Flames looked good. But that's, man, that's Edmonton what's so didn't hard. look good either, and it's Markstrom versus Mike Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's Calgary. And, I was being. I don't know if Drysaddle's playing. He's got like a high ankle sprain. Oh, so except he's German, so it's a high ankle sprain with umlauts over the A. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, if he's sprain. not playing, and it's still Mike Smith, I forgot it was Mike Smith. Honest to God, I forgot it was Mike Smith. Yeah, they're Mike go. Smith, but he looked okay. He looked Against okay. LA. Maybe hey, maybe he he's like the streakiest goalie that's ever lived. So maybe this is Mike Smith God mode, and, and they just win the cup as a result. I mean, if I'm looking at either team, if which one would I be surprised if they win? It would be Edmonton. But so I also the, wouldn't have to, I also would be like, how the hell did Edmonton do it? I'd be like, I yeah. know exactly how they did it. Mike Smith played well and Connor McDavid went ape again will it yeah so they they um they're the last two canadian teams right in the mix so one of them is gonna win and then just get just fucking destroyed by colorado is that how it's gonna go right. um good 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 uh the rangers coming back from three to one down in the first round obviously crosby missed a, a game um very impressive performance. Uh, very, very good. They they were down, I think, also down by two goals in, in game five and game six, and then down, not by two goals, but down in game seven. Um, very resilient performance. Very impressive. It should earn them a lot of respect, and also I'm certain that they're going to get destroyed by the Yeah, I just don't think – I think Carolina's – that's a bad matchup for um... – for the Rangers. Yeah, because Crosby and company are old, so like if the Rangers wanted to turn on the Jets and the skill, which is what I think they ended up kind of doing late in that series, that's what Crosby and what the Penguins couldn't contend with, but like how do you beat the... You can't outskill the Hurricanes. You can't out-defense the Hurricanes. You can't out-goal... Well, you could out-goal-keeping the Hurricanes, except the worst news for New York is that Igor Shesterkin has looked very human in the playoffs. (laughs) Like, I just don't see their path to victory over Carolina in a seven-game series. Aren't there, like, four former Rangers or something on, like, the Hurricanes? They got D'Angelo, Brendan Smith, and... Ronta. Oh yeah, I guess so. Maybe they're big, big Rangers fans. That's right. Um. Uh, so you, so you're picking Carolina. That's what yeah. I'm picking too. And then I'm picking you, Hurricanes. Are you picking pick Calgary? Over yeah, I guess I'm going back to Calgary. Okay. That would have been my pick all along. Um, and then what? What about Florida, Tampa? I mean, God, I wish I hadn't seen today's game. <laughs> I'm still picking Florida. That was my go. And I'm I was going to say, I, I'll, I'll think, I think that was a wake up call for Florida and they find a way to get back in. You gotta, 
You, honestly, oh God, even if they bad. went down two nothing, I still think like Florida, come on, you can still wake up and like railroad the the Lightning. Maybe <laughs> you not. You can railroad the back to back champions. Like maybe not so much, but like especially whenever I think about Vasilevsky, I'm like, ah, oh, shit, maybe not. But I like you've got the. Please, for love of God, do it just so I don't have to see like the lightning in the third round. Because that's the other thing where if they make it to the third round, I'm like, well, they don't have energy anymore. They can't make it in the third round. Then they'll beat Carolina. I'll be like, no, oh. just make it stop. And then it's like, okay, but the Avalanche have to beat them. And then it's like somehow they do that. And I'm like, okay, they're the greatest franchise I, of all time. I don't even like dislike the Avalanche that much. I feel like I just have to because they're in our division and we're uh-huh. playing them now. But like if the Avalanche were playing the Tampa Bay Lightning oh, in the I'd be so pro Avs. Oh, I'd be so pro Avs. Oh, yeah. It's not even close. Don't baby. let the Lightning win a cup so I have to hear about how they freaking piece together another I just third line use, like it's art. Oh, God. I don't want to hear about Brandon Hagel. Like, I was just like Brandon Hagel and freaking uh, what's his name Nick Paul like man they're so good at putting together a third line and all those guys will get jettisoned out and then next year <laughs> we'll have freaking Sammy Blay will be a third line winger and he'll and he'll go off he'll have do we ever goals. think do we ever think about how maybe the Lightning's third line looked so good because the other team's using all their good players to stop the first and second line I know I'm always like yeah maybe that's the problem. Uh, Braden Point, though, not in that game. Nikita Kucherov, a non-factor, and they still beat the Tampa, uh, beat Toronto, which brings us to a segment we should probably spend more time on when we've got more energy, but um, it's it's Lease Elimination Day. It's several days away with our with with love and respect to our friend Mustafa. Um, it's happened Sorry, again. Mustafa. It's happened again. Um you know, I'm really disappointed. I'm proud because it's like watching, um, it's watch like watching your rebellious child grow up a little bit. But I am disappointed by how measured the responses out of Toronto have been a little mm-hmm. bit. And I think my biggest issue with them is like I I sort of agree. Like you shouldn't burn down the franchise after losing that game seven in that way. That was just one of the best teams of, of literally all time, finding its best period of hockey and goaling you at the same time. It took both of those things to beat you. Um, but I also really have a problem with the number of people who were like, well, this, who were, they were basically trying to pull a moral victory out of it and be like, well, yes, they didn't get to round two again, but this is totally different than previous years and it's like well yes but also the narrative is that they can't get to round two and they didn't get to round two so like it's not that different you know Mm. like it's different because they played the lightning the lightning are the best team they've lost to in the first round and the lightning and they took they took the lightning to the absolute limit so congratulations to them but also they ain't in the second round so like I don't know how you can make it a total like, well, yes, you're right. They're not in the second round, but also that's irrelevant here. It's like irrelevant. Is it, we're going with irrelevant. Like, I think it's, yeah, the a, judges in a, I think it's a story. You only um, have the judges in a vacuum because you have to look at it in a vacuum to make it not be negative. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, what I keep hearing from like Leafs media though, or like Toronto media is just that they'll be like, well, 
we finally have an answer though. Like it's, it's not the skill. They don't lack skill. Mm-hmm. It's obviously like between the years, it's being able to finish and being able to um, buckle down and like, you know, game six when, or basically elimination games, right? A game six, a game seven, when you can put this, the series away, they weren't able to do it. They didn't have giant major gaps and blow massive leads, but like they just couldn't do it. And so I just found it very interesting when they're like, well, it's not a skill thing. We finally figured that out. It's just a between the ears thing. And I was like, I think that's been the thing the whole time. <laughs> that's the, it's the same as last year or the year before. No one was ever like Austin Matthews, not very good. Mitch Marner, not very good. Like in terms mm-hmm. of a hockey player. No, now maybe they didn't show up last year in the playoffs. Sure. But like in terms of like their skill, no, but it's always been, oh, well, there's something going on where they just don't have the, the confidence, the will, the whatever to close out teams. And that's what it was this year. Everyone showed yeah. up, everyone scored. So it looks good on paper. So like, and, and that matters for sure. It's their, it's their best um, game seven loss. It's their best series they've lost. In a lot of ways, there is some sort of like minute progress underneath all that. But the problem I have too is like, maybe it's just the pessimist in me, but like, okay, they made all this progress, but the next year they play, I don't know, arrested Tampa now that Tampa hasn't won the cup and gets to rest longer because they get ousted by Florida or whatever. Is it is it going to change? Is it going to be any different? Right. I do also like the run it back stuff. Well, we're just going to run it back. I'm now I'm just being pedantic and annoying, but like, well, you're not going to run it back. You've never run it back. You literally always make like four or five changes to right. this team, which is fine and the right thing to do. But, but don't act side, like well, this is the same team. But the flip side of that too is like people are like, well, you can't act like it's all the same series because it's a different team each year, and it's like, yeah, but. But no, like the the issue here is Marners and Matthew and Riley and Tavares and whoever. It's not like nobody's pinning any of these losses on Wayne Simmons or you know, right. or uh, even like um uh, who's the speedy guy, Kasperi Kapanen or Andreas Janssen or whoever they might have had in the past, like Helium McCann. <laughs> yeah, and it's like you look at some of the decisions they had to make, and you can talk about not making major changes, but like they got to keep. Jack Campbell, and that's going to cost millions of dollars that they do not have. Hmm. And, um, you know, Ilya Mikheyev is going to walk, which means they've got to somehow replace Ilya Mikheyev, which is not going to be easy to do. And, like, you know, there's a lot of things here that makes me think they can't really run it back. Um, and I got to be honest with you, Ian, I'll close, we can close on this idea. Um, I, I tried to resent the Avs or the Maple Leafs less, although they make it so hard because the number of people I saw after that game who were like, well, congratulations, Gary, you fixed the refereeing so that you got the lightning in the second round, which is what you've always wanted, which is like, yes, Gary Bettman, who is like the stereotype of a greedy billionaire in a corner, like rubbing his last two pennies together. He's basically the Mr. Krabs of the NHL. (laughs) And that's the guy who really just, is desperately trying to keep the maple leaves out of the second round. <laughs> Clearly that's his big concern. But in any case, um, the dooms doom scrolling um, schadenfreude scenario here though, is that they, they do 
they are measured this year and they basically bring back the same team as much as they can next year. And then they face like they win the division and they face like the senators or whoever, or the red wings or like whoever sneaks into that eighth spot, like a young plucky team that sneaks over the finish line and, and everybody in Toronto is just like warming their hands by the fire, waiting (laughs) to crush this team. And then they still somehow lose Ian. Can you imagine? Oh, that would be, that would be pornographic but um but <laughs> yeah i mean it's 17. like the problem the problem with this is this is what they talked about last year i think they they were they tried to be measured last year and last year should have been like burn the freaking house to the ground because they let the canadians come back from down three one mm-hmm. and they let them back into it but then they tried to be measured last year and it's the same point they made last year and they make it every year. It's like nothing matters until game seven of games of the first round next year. Mm-hmm. And, and if you lose that, then you've wasted another year. You've wasted another year on Aston Matthews's contract, Mitch Marner's contract, John Tavares's contract is another year worse because he's older and not as good. And, you know, all that stuff, Morgan Riley's older, you know, like everything gets worse by a year and you haven't done anything. So it's like, you can play, you can play the, we're keeping it cool. Look how collected and calm we are card, but only for so long. And and this is kind of the end of the road for them. I think. Um, anything else you want to say about the, the old Maple Leafs? Yeah. I think they have one more shot at it. I feel like you said, like you said, like they've been saying it's been one more shot for the last like two years, but I think they've got one more shot at it. And then at that point, it's like, well, only got one year of Austin Matthews left. And of course, he's the one that's got to stay here. You're not going to trade him unless you think everyone's Kyle, Kyle Dubas is gone at that point. And that's like, well, mm-hmm. he's not, you got a new buddy and he's not loyal to anybody. So we'll see. But yeah, I, I kind of can't believe. I can't, I can't believe the Maple Leafs aren't in the second round. I really thought for sure. I oh, I was so sure going into game seven. I was like, they're going to, this is the year. This is the I year. picked the lightning, I think in seven games, actually like on my bracket, uh-huh. but I really was like, yeah, but that's just me being like, cheeky. well, I think I did in the bracket, but then like once they got there, I was even more certain like, oh yeah, that this is the Maple Leafs. They've got it. Mm-hmm. They finally got it. And then they didn't have it. And it lost it. Exactly. Okay. Good. Well done. Um, anything else you want to say about hockey? Um, just be best. Be best, indeed. It's a quarter to two a.m., and I want to get this podcast up on the interwebs. So we'll go ahead and close it there. But folks, it's going to be a long series, even if it's a short series. So rest up as much <laughs> as you can. So uh, stay hydrated, and we'll talk to you on Thursday. Good night. See you. What I want.